this episode. A new app which uh, we've built to keep track of your story repertoire. It's called Anecdotally, interview with uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, of course on Seinfeld and Veep. Uh, you know, she's a comedy great, but she was actually diagnosed with breast cancer. Now, what was it like? How did how did you deal with it, Jules? Uh, don't don't be worried. But there's a shark in the water. Just swim straight back to the boat, and she just focused on the ladder. The stakes are very high. Yeah, yeah, doesn't get any higher really. Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, everybody. I'm Sean Callahan. And hi, everybody. I'm Mark Shank. So we got another another story for you. But one of the things before we jump into the story, I just want to let you know that we've um, just recently published to the Apple App Store uh, a new app, which uh, we've built to keep track of your story repertoire, right? It's really designed for sales teams, uh, but also very good for making your strategy stick with stories. Um, yeah, you can go and have a look at that uh, if you like on the app store. It's called Anecdotally. Anecdotally, oh, what the a app. surprise. How about that? <laughs> we got a we got a bit of a thing going there. Um, yeah, it's in its early days, still a bit of a beta product, but uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts and comments. And if anyone's interested in a story bank for their organization, let us know. So uh, I'm I'm actually telling the story. You know, you. you probably heard in, in a previous episode me talking about an episode of David Letterman. So he's new, you know, not his new, he's, I think he's in his fourth series of uh, his interview program. And I was watching the interview with uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, of course, famous for her many performances, of course, on Seinfeld and Veep. Uh, you know, she's a comedy great, right? Um, and in the last season of Veep, she was actually diagnosed with breast cancer and they stopped the um, you know production um, and she had to deal with this thing that just totally you know rocked her right and David Letterman he's very good at sort of getting down into a deeper understanding with his interviewees and he sort of said to Julia so you know what was it like how did how did you deal with it right what was your approach to deal with it and being the great entertainer that she is, she answered by sharing a story, right? And she said, uh, look, a number of years ago, my husband and I uh, was on a, on a sort of a, a diving and uh, sort of snorkeling uh, holiday. And my husband had already swum back to the boat and I was quite a way out in the water, away from the boat. And then... He yells out to me, he says, Jules, uh, don't, don't be worried, but there's a shark in the water. Just swim straight back to the boat. And she said she's just started swimming. She could see the ladder at the back of the boat that she had to climb up. And she just focused on the ladder and she just swam and she didn't look to the left or right or just swam as hard as she could to that ladder. And she sort of, as she's telling the story, she says, and I just want to get the fucking ladder. You know, that was a sort of, uh, you know, focus. And, and she said that's how she dealt essentially with her breast cancer, that she just had this total focus on getting the treatment and getting to that point of surviving, right? And she said it had some good bad bits 
and bad bits to it. Right, right. Yeah, so she, ne- some negative consequences of yeah, that strategy. That's right. She has some negative consequences. She didn't really go into what they were, but she said that was the guiding image for her as uh, she went through that process. So that that was essentially the story that I heard uh, and I thought was, yeah, it had a lot of power to it. Uh, I would highly recommend you go and watch uh, that episode and, and, and watch uh, Julia tell that story because it's towards the end of the of the interview. So head head through the interview and and, and really look out for that story. Yeah, uh, they were sitting they were really sitting well. outside in the uh, in like in a, a, a garden. Yes, um, in, yeah. in the sunshine. Yeah. Mm, mm. Uh, so what do you think, Mark? What do, what's um, what do you like about the story? Well, I like sharks, so um, that really that got my attention immediately. So, um, for you know anybody who's been on a diving, snorkeling, um, yeah, holiday, um, you can picture the you know you can. I mean, I, well, I could picture uh, a calm sea, um, clear water, and the back of the boat because you know as a diver. That is something that you, you know, the, the ladder at the back of the boat, it's surprisingly visible. Right, right. As a destination. Exactly, exactly, especially when you have to get there. I, I wonder, though, Mark, because you're so familiar with you know, that environment and sharks and stuff like that. Because I think for a lot of people, when, they, when you hear the word shark, there's fear, right? In fact, it's like my wife, who you know, works at a primary school, um, she does uh, a little exercise with little kids to help them understand, you know, how, how much catastrophizing they're doing. Right. And she'll sort of say, what is the worst thing in the world that can happen to you? And she said, nearly always is attacked by a shark, right? That is the worst thing. And then, you know, she, she says, okay, we'll give that a 10. And down the other end, what's the least thing, you know, they say that. And then, then whatever they're complaining about, uh, you know, the paper got wet or something like that. She says, okay, where is that on the scale? You know, is that a, is that a two or a three? Uh, it's, it's really useful to get them understanding. But it's interesting. We've got this thing in our mind. Sharks are, are such a terrible thing. I was just wondering how you, what's your immediate response when you hear about shark? Oh, I, I, I go, where's my camera? Let me swim towards it. I want to swim towards it. Yeah, I mean, so that's a, a good point because, like, I've been in the water with sharks many, many times. So, yeah, um, it doesn't, you know, it's not something that it, I don't have fear associated with that. Yes, I, I can empathise with with uh, Julia in that circumstance. In that, but but I receive that in a different way because I've got a you know a different experience. Uh, experience it. bank to, to draw on so for me it's 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 kind of interesting but for other people that might be incredibly high impact so i'm probably the wrong audience for that story but you help point out something that i think there's uh we don't talk enough about right and that is storytelling is not just about the story storytelling is this little triangle between the story the audience and the storyteller right and all those things play a part in the impact of, of what you say. And, you know, maybe telling that story to you will have a different impact to someone who's dreadfully frightened of, of sharks and really feel it viscerally, um, you know, the terror that perhaps Julia felt on that day, right? Yep. Um, 
So I think the, that's the point of the story really isn't important. lost on me, but the impact mm. probably yeah, yeah, is. may not feel it in the same way. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the things that really struck me as she told the story is she repeated, okay, um, the ladder. And, you know, and in the end, with that expletive at the end, you know, the F and ladder, um, it really made this thing um, so, you know, sort of clear that this was the focus, right? There was no variation. It was a very simple story. She just swims to the ladder, right? And she gets up and she's okay. Um, and I thought it was just one of those great metaphors, you know, for, well, she was asked to explain how, how she dealt with it and that's how she dealt with it. Yeah. 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 I also liked how she acknowledged that there were unintended negative consequences of adopting that strategy. And as you say, she didn't go into them. Yes. But, but uh, when we talk about uh, business applications, um, if you remember that uh, visual awareness uh, video, the uh, the gorillas, oh, yes. sorry, the the basketball players and the gorilla, yeah, yeah, or no, well, it wasn't a gorilla; it was a was a person in a gorilla suit. Yes, yes, true. Yeah, uh, yeah. and so you know, we can talk about that later. But in terms of the story itself, uh, a, a, it's a very useful illustration of that uh, that triangle, as you say, mm. and the audience is so important. Because we've all made, well, I say we all, you and I have both made howlers in the past from not <laughs> from not paying sufficient attention to the audience and telling yeah. a story that doesn't, you know, that's not relevant to the audience. Yeah. Um, or even worse, when you tell a story that um, is in some way antagonizes um, the audience. <laughs> yeah, antagonizes them, <laughs> offends them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, very easy to do. Um, and just on on that, you know, like the yeah. simple one of this, we have talked about the, the use of sports stories, mm. and and you know, in many cases, uh, uh, people who use sports stories in public environments really aren't paying a lot, a, a huge amount of attention to the audience, because in most cases, uh, a significant proportion of the audience couldn't care less or have no have no comprehension of the sport. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So it, it sort of broadens your repertoire with these sort of stories. One of the things I was mindful in doing in this, telling this story, is I was actually telling it, making it clear that it was Julia telling it. Because I'd say, you know, in the story I was saying, so then Julia said, you know, so it wasn't me trying to tell her story. It was me retelling her story, if you know the difference, what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. So you were, you were descri describing the story that she, as she told it. Yeah, yeah as best as I could, right? Yeah, so, yeah. And um, that's really important because, you know, it wasn't like you were being a potty mouth by using the, the F word. You were simply relating. It was a quote. It was a quote. <laughs> and therefore, it's okay. <laughs> Apologies to any of our audience who are offended by that. Yep. But anyway, that's, that's what happens on Netflix. Um, now, I don't know. I can't. There's probably not much you could add in terms of making it better or anything like that. Uh, it's, it's, no, I wouldn't. It's. I mean, it's, it's a pretty straightforward story yeah. to tell, really. Yep. Um, so business applications. Yeah, but let's think of the business applications for it. Um, well, I think? mean, the the importance of having a goal, 
really yeah, quite a simple and one. And focusing. Yeah, focus on the goal. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, also, uh, yes, we you know being aware of the possible unintended consequences of being laser focused on a goal. Yeah. Um, because with the um, that uh, that that uh, basketball players and person in gorilla suit, just to briefly describe it, um, it's a it's it's a uh, uh, an experiment that was that that was conducted a short video probably only goes for oh, 30 seconds. And uh, there's people, uh, men and women, uh, half in white shirts and half in black shirts, and they're passing a basketball amongst each other. And your task is, the uh, you just say, count the number of passes. So you focus the audience on counting the number of passes. Yep. In the middle of the video, uh, a, a, some a person in a gorilla suit walks through the center of the of the game, stands, faces the camera, beats their chest, and then walks off. And most people don't see it. Yeah. And so, it's remarkable, is, isn't it? It is. It is. If you have ever participated in that or facilitated that, it is remarkable how many people just sim and and you show it multiple times and people still don't see it. No, there's yeah. no gorilla. And then you have to go over and point to it and go, there, oh. And, you know, I've been accused. People go, no, 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 it was a different video. The gorilla wasn't in the first one. Yeah, yeah, well, I know. Anyway, exactly. So just be aware that when we're focused on the goal, that we might not see the gorilla. Yeah. That's right. That's the flip so, side. Exactly. The flip side. Yeah. So I think, and, and I, in a way, it's like you could sort of put it in the context of, you know, is an emergency. There's a short-term sprint that we have to, to make and we've got to make it. We've got to make this sprint. And in those situations, just focus on the ladder. And in fact, this is, this is what happens when you tell a story like that. New language emerges in your organization where people will say things like yeah but do we know where the ladder is you know or how far away is the ladder you know yeah, can, can we see think, the ladder yet is the yeah, ladder visible yeah, that's right there'll be that sort of language develop once a good metaphorical story is in place mm. right yeah. so uh, so you know it's working when people say that right yeah yeah it's a great way to get alignment in terms of people's understanding of something because yeah. it's super concrete now, um, you know, for, for a long time, you know, we've been talking about uh, the sort of topics that, you know, people attend to, like people are interested in, right, in storytelling. And of course, the top of one, top of the list is anything to do with death. So as a result of not only have you got the, you know, how Julia's dealing with her diagnosis of breast cancer, uh, but you've got a shark, you know, potentially wanting to kill you, you know, well, that's what's in her mind. Um, and so you've got this, this topic of death front you've and center the, in this story. You've got the double death. Yes, exactly. So I think this is one of the things that will pro propel this story, that give it its gravitas in many ways, is because there is that hanging over uh, the character in the story. Yeah, it's pretty, um, it's high, the stakes are very high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it doesn't get any higher, really. Um, right, fantastic. So we're gonna this time. I'm not gonna forget the uh, rating, but um, unless you had other topics, well, I'm just of... trying to think. Are there other business applications for this? 
nothing spring to mind. You know, um, there's, you know, we've been sort of going at the business application in a very direct way. Like, you know, what is the point? But I think there's a bit like the Ryan Reynolds story that we told uh, and this story. You could tell this story in a more informal environment and it would generate stories. Mm-hmm. And in that, you would form better connections, more relationships, better understandings of each other, maybe higher engagement. Like there's a, other benefits just by sharing the story without a real purpose. I don't think you always have to have a strong purpose in your storytelling, in those sort of stories. Um, I sort of pointed to this story on LinkedIn and uh, a woman who'd gone through breast cancer jumped on and she sort of said, isn't it interesting that, because uh, I didn't tell the story, I just pointed people to the Netflix um, element of the story. Uh, but she sort of said, isn't it interesting how we all have different stories of this issue um, and it's so important that we get to tell them, right? So there's, there's a, in many cases, people just need the opportunity, you know, the little trigger to get, you know, to help people tell some of these stories. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. the um, yeah, it's, it's an element of therapy. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, don't want to go too far down that track, but I think it's useful for people to do right. Yeah, share their experience. Yeah, and as you say, for, for but this is a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. So that's why we're focused on the business application of story, so that's you know purposeful use of story. But there is abs a lot of the stories um, are definitely usable. Just, just in a social setting to, you know, kind of be engaging and build connection. And, you know, I've, I've told the Bono story, you know, the Adam Clayton Bono Tempe, Arizona uh, story a few times. Yeah. Um, or many times, in fact. That's right. It's a good connector. Hmm. Um. All right, Fantastic. so you told the story. Yeah, um, I told the story. You give me a, you give me a rating. I'll yeah, the story I, I, rating. maybe it's maybe it's my, um, ex, you know, the fact that it didn't have the same impact that would have on others. Um, but I'm giving this one a six. A six, okay. I'm giving it an eight. I like this story. Oh. I think it's got good, good power, and. Um, I've definitely, yeah, I already have heard, told it a few times. So it's, it's, I know it has good impact on people. Um, and it generates stories. I think that's a really interesting part of it. Hey, you make a good case. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Thanks again for listening in for Anecdotally Speaking. And of course, tune in again soon for another episode of How to Put Those Stories to Work. Bye for now. Anecdotally speaking, was engineered by Dave Stokes from author to audio.